All right, so last couple of weeks, we've been um, talking about um, resisting, right? And not just allowing whatever happens in our lives just to happen and not just accepting everything that comes our way to just be a part of us who we are um, and to develop an attitude of resisting. Everybody say resist. resist. So we said that in order for us to live the life that God's intended us to, to live and in order for us to be the people that God's intended us to be, we need to understand, we said, first of all, we need to know that we're loved by God. Regardless of who we are, regardless of what um, our perfections and imperfections, we are loved by God. Amen? And, we, and the second thing we said, we need, we need to have a hope. We need to have hope that things don't always have to be the way they are, that things can and will change. Amen? That hope, if you don't have hope to change and things that, that things can be different, we'll never see those things. That's where hope and actually, that's where faith really begins, we're foot with, with hope. And so we also said this, as we've gone through the book of Ephesians, the first three chapters, we said this, that we need to know who we are in relationship to God. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we put a chair up here and we said, this is um, the, the idea that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers, right? So we should take our seat, that we don't have to be overcome by works of darkness and by the things that would come and try to make us live, we said the subpar life, amen? And so we've, we've been on that kind of, um, on that kind of, uh, uh, that kind of idea and all that thought. And I want to kind of switch. Why are we going to switch? Because the book of Ephesians switches. So the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians talks about who we are. The first three chapters deal with the fact that we were, uh, that, that what Christ has done for us and taking our position, right? And then, they, they, then he switches and we'll read and we'll watch how Paul um, says, basically, in the light of all of these things, then do these. So let's start with Ephesians chapter 4 as we plod through Ephesians. Um, starting in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 4, is, therefore, so there it is, there's that word, right? So all of the things that we've seen, all of your position is wonderful and great. Now, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk, watch this, worthy of the calling you've received. You've received this calling of who you've been made in Jesus, the authority that you've been given in Jesus. Now walk worthy of that calling. And so actually for the next um, the next uh, couple of chapters, next three chapters, Paul's going to start telling us what that looks like in our everyday life. And so let's, oh, I can't teach here. Let me just, let me just read it. Read it. We're going to read a lot. Walk worthy of the calling you receive with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bonds of peace. Therefore, excuse me, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Verse 7, now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took captivity captives captive, and gave gifts to people. But what does what does uh, he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? 
And the one who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens to fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ. It's connected. Until we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing in maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Let me stop right there and just explain. Notice what he says about what it looks like when you are mature. He says, if you grow, uh, verse 13, until we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the God's Son, growing in maturity with a standard measured by Christ. Yeah. Our standard is Christ. Everything we measure ourselves should be measured by Him. Him, right? So He is the measuring stick, right? Then we will no longer be children tossed by waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. Somebody said, Amen by the human cunning and clever, uh, cleverness and the techniques of deceit. <sighs> There's a lot. So in the next five hours, I'm going to be teaching this scripture. <laughs> but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ, from, the whole, from, from him with the whole body fitted and knitted together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. That's a lot. We'll stop there. That's a lot. But um, it's interesting that the first place that Paul says that this whole idea of who you are in Christ and the amazing things that Christ has done in you and for you, and man, bless, take your seat. The first place he says that this should interact and, and get into your life, watch this, is your inner personal relationships in the body of Christ. The first place he says that you, this should, the first place he chooses, actually it even goes further when you start talking about how we relate to each other as husbands and wives and children and all those things. It's interpersonal relationships, but it's for a purpose. And we'll get to that purpose at the end of this message. But notice that that's what he says. He says, with humility and gentleness. Now, now think about this. Let's, now, let's not take our religious glasses off and go, wow, that's great theology, Dave. And say, what about me? With humility and gentleness, verse 2, with patience, bearing one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bonds of peace. Watch this. Why? Why? Okay, let me stop there. Because if you think about this, 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 this church in Ephesus, and actually the surrounding churches, we said before at the very beginning of these teachings that this book was written to both Jewish and Gentile believers in common community with each other. Now let's think about that. Because we, we don't always speak in Jewish and Gentile and the complete differences, right? This, these are churches, the Jewish people in that church would have said that this is our heritage. Jehovah is our heritage. We have learned from generation to generation to generation to generation that that is our God. For the Lord our God is one. 
And then you have a Gentile believer sitting right next to them. Their heritage is far different. Matter of fact, if they grew up in the, in the, in the town of Ephesus, it would have been a huge, it's, it's the third largest, it would have been the third largest um, uh, city in Rome. Very metropolitan, very diverse. And this gen, these Gentiles would have every day when they walked, if they walk in the main city, they would see the statue of Diana or Artemis. They would see the, all of the other gods. They would, they would probably, they would worship in the neighborhood of 50 different gods sitting right next to a hero Lord, the Lord is one person. And what he says is, listen, there's going to be temptation for disunity because of the vast differences of your backgrounds. And Paul says, it can't happen. Because actually where we're going to go to, he says it can't happen. Division can't be a part of this equation. And then he says this, how is it all going to come together? How are people from different backgrounds, from different heritage, I'm talking now, I'm talking us, in different, different backgrounds, different faith traditions, a lot of us, different, um, <laughs> different political ideas and thoughts about how our nation should be run and great and wonderful and it's all good. And, and, and he says, but he tells us how we're supposed to do that. And he says it by saying this in verse 4, because there is one body and there is one spirit that fills all of us. If you are a follower of Jesus, it fills all of us, one just as you are called to, not multiple different hopes, one hope at your calling. One Lord. We all serve the one Lord Jesus. One faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all, who is above all and in all. How many times? Let me read it again. And every time I say one, you say one. Ready? For there is one body. There is one spirit. Just as you were called to, there, let's do it that way better. uh, You're one hope as you're calling and one Lord and one faith and one baptism and one God. We are all, if I ask you in this room, how many of you are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ in this room? How many of you, how many of you are, you, you would say, Man, I, I, I don't always do it right, but man, my striving is to strive to please God. How many of y'all would say that this morning in this room? And then how many of you hate mustard? Where are my mustard haters? Amen. No. Amen. You know what? You guys are, you guys are right. No. You guys are right. Everybody else, all these lovers of mustard, no. heathens. No. Heathens. I just, I just split the church. That's amazing. What happened, David? I preached on unity and split the church. It's amazing. You see how ridiculous we can get? 
with small differences and things that don't really matter. Some of these things are heavy-duty things, right? I get that. I get that. Things that are going on in our nation, big problem deals that we're dealing with. But we are one people under one Lord, one baptism, into one family of God. And our diversity doesn't make us weaker. It makes us greater. It makes us stronger because the world can look and see a church that has different kind of thinkers. Each one of you, during COVID, each one of you had your solution. All of it, all of it. We all had our solution. If they just did this, we'd fix it. They did this, we'd fix it. Right? Like we're on this side of it. Right? You know what we all have in common? One Lord, one Savior. Amen? Amen. One calling. That's it. This should affect us in every way. He says, make every effort to keep the bonds of peace and unity among the church. Paul says we should be, yeah, I already said that. He says, um, Then he mentions this. Then he goes into this idea of this, that now Jesus, who descended and now is arisen, he gave gifts to people, right? And then he goes on and talks about the different, the, we, we, what Christians call, a lot of the Christians call the five-fold ministry, right? The, the pastor, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, the, um, this one, with the apostle, right? He, he starts, he names those and says, hey, in order for this thing to work, I'm going to send you these gifts in the church. And they're going to function in the church to help not only you grow, but it's also going to cause you to fulfill the call that God has on the church. And he's going to send this, these five gifts, right? And those things are going to help build up the, the unity, actually, he talks about. And he says he's going to build up us as a, as a people into maturity. Remember, and maturity is, looks like Jesus. That's what maturity is. It looks like Jesus. Maturity, unity and faith, the end goal. The NLT says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, become, uh, in every way, more and more like Christ. But then we have this, this, this tendency. You go, oh, yeah, well, you know, whew, I miss those five. I'm not really any of those things. I'm just a normal dude. I'm just a, I'm just a football coach. I'm, oh, sorry. Oh, I even pointed to him, too. I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just, I'm just a this. I, I just sell, I sell insurance. I sell this. I sell this. Whatever. Sorry, I just hit both of your family. <laughs> Man, I am doing terrible teaching on unity. <laughs> it's gonna get better. I'm glad. I'm glad I don't have those five. Cause man, I know those guys who have the five. Man, they they pray more than anybody. They have to. They, blah 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 blah. I got bad news for you. You're not left out. Come on. 
You may not say you're part of the, I may have some issues with that. You may not say you're part of the five-fold ministry, whatever. But I got bad news. Our faith is not a solo endeavor. It is not a solo endeavor. We are called to be a family of faith. When the Bible, when God talks about the church, He talks about a family. He talks in terms of relationships. It's based on relationships. Like, so one of the things that 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 the negative, one of the one of the negative things COVID did for us <laughs> is it is it taught people because churches shut down. It taught people that I, I don't really have to go to church. Like all over, you're like, man, what's going on with Hope Church? Like, like people, like it's not as full as it used to be. And I was like, what? let me just tell you that I talk with pastors all over. It's everywhere. It's rampant. Because we taught people that you could just sit online and watch. I love you online people. But we taught people that all you have to do is just stay home and you can get your message. Right? That's all church is. It's just, I get, I get my... You know, I, hear, I listen to some good worship. I hear listen to good teaching. Let me tell you something. Stephen Furrick is a lot better preacher than I am. Just listen to him. I mean, he's good. I mean, we have some doctrine. But, yeah, I mean, go listen to Greg Craig Rochelle. He's amazing. I listen to him. He's fantastic. Just, I mean, but if that's all it is. So that's what we taught people. And then we didn't teach them that way. We didn't tell. But in action, we taught people that that's okay. And people realize, here's, here's the problem. Many people never knew the difference. Because the church hasn't been what the church is supposed to be. And we are learning a really hard lesson that the man of God giving me the word and the worship team giving us some worship was church. And we are learning the lesson that that was a huge mistake. It's inaccurate. It's not Bible. Because it's all the other people. It's the man of God that can has the word. He has the anointing for all, all of you charismatics. The God, I just come for the anointing. I don't know about you. My Bible says we're all anointed. I, I don't, I'm pretty sure I was pretty anointed before I ever became a pastor. That's the way I saw myself anyway. See, we need to break the lie that says, here's what people say. Well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Maybe. Maybe. Does that mean that if I, don't, if I go to Christian, I'm going to go to hell? No, no, not necessarily. But if you're a follower of Jesus, actually, my Bible says that, so I think we would all look at, at the stuff going on in the world and go, wow, um, there's some possibilities this is, could be the end times. These days are getting pretty evil out there. There's, all, there's a lot of ungodliness going on out there. We would all agree with that. Amen? Like, People are turning really godless in our world. You know what we should do? We should, 
we should probably just stay home on Sundays. Actually, my Bible says when you see these things, all the more reason to come and hang out with people of like faith. Because the world's nuts. The people that you run around with in your jobs and your and the and the, and the workplace and the, all this stuff around it, what you hear is like, it's awful. I need a place where I know that I know Dan Hughes is going to be there. Because, man, I need some encouragement this morning. Because if I listen to the news and I listen to people around me, I think, God, our, our nation's hopeless. Our world is hopeless. Like, everybody is turning away. Not, not Dan. Thank God Dan showed up at church. No pressure, Dan. Every Sunday, brother, every Sunday. But this idea that I don't, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I got some pushback on that. I would say, yes, you do. If you're a believer, your place is among the fe- your fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. So I got this illustration. Can you get it for me? So. Our friend Maddie Jordan is going through school to be an anesthesiologist. No, no, radiologist. no radiologist. radiologist. And so she, she let me borrow this guy. It's not Halloween. It's just, it's just don't. So she has all of these labeled of the different parts. What's up, dude? I hear the sound of a dry bone rattling. <laughs> I hear praise make a dead man walk again. (laughs) Rattle. All right. Um, (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Um, Oh, man, I feel like... (laughs) Like a, like a puppet. What do you call it? Oh, man. So these, okay, I have a message. So these have parts, right? These have their, all of these bones. Maddie has labeled them to remind her, because she's taking tests, of what these, what these bones are and what they do, the sternum, humerus. That's what we're being right now. It's humerus. Okay. Um, this is my buddy. Like, Actually, she calls him Mr. Uh, Dr. Lurch, I think is what she calls him. So, um, so yeah, so all of these, and it's interesting, isn't it interesting that in that scripture of the dry bone scripture, that the first thing that happens is those bones all become connected. They become connected to each other to have the support system. So when the flesh and all the other stuff comes on, they'll have the system to support it. Right? So this, this, um, this idea that this skeleton has all of these things and they're all connected. Everybody say connected. connected. Supported, Supported by ligaments to create one body. 
So I'm going to leave that alone because I'll be so distracted by that thing. <laughs> connected. We are all connected. It says, let me read that scripture again. But speaking the truth in love, verse 15. In truth, in love, that we grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body is fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament. Promotes the growth of the body for the building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Each individual part. The title of my message this morning, now that I'm, whatever, 20 minutes into it, is resisting together. Resisting together. You are not called to fight the battles that we've been talking about over the last five weeks alone. We as a church are not called to do this by ourselves. So that makes me have questions. How good of a job do we do at this? One of the things that is great about our culture is the individual person and their achievements and their what they do and it's um and um the this this, this idea that that um that uh you kind of work for you know you do yourself you like I'm responsible for who I am and I'm responsible to get the job done I'm get the job you know it, I, I have this individual responsibility that's true but it doesn't always correlate well biblically inside the church it's not what we are meant to be individualism um is not the best idea and shouldn't be the number one idea. Oh, look, there's Maddie. Maddie's like, we're using your thing. <laughs> so, um, but in that individualistic idea is not the goal for the believer. Unity is the goal for believers. And if, you see now, now oh, I have like three different thoughts hitting me at the same time. One at a time. So, is it okay when you think about this group, I'm not talking about the church down the street, this body of believers, that there's people in this church that are actually battling depression. But are we okay with that? As a body of believers, are we okay with that? That they battle it alone. Do are we okay with, people, with the idea that people come to this church, this church, our friendly church, and say, it's really hard to make friends? Is that okay? Because I'm supposed to be knit together, joined together with one bond. One faith, one baptism. And just like we made that list of things a couple of weeks ago, is it okay in your life that you, well, we made a list, remember that? Is it okay that our, some of our, the people that come to this church calls Hope Church their home, battle things, and they battle it alone? Now, I'll agree I've been to other churches. I mean, not in this neighborhood. We, 
I've been to other churches, and we do a really good job. Friendly. We're about the, this group is about the friendliest bunch around. And we probably beat a lot of people in friendliness. My comparison is not with them. My comparison is with Christ. And so, quite honestly, I don't give a rip. I'm not the pastor of their church. And God, when God spoke to me about this church, and I said, God, what do you want to name this church? He actually didn't even give me a name. He told me what I wanted to do. He said, I wanted you to create a, a community of hope. So when people come through these doors, no matter what they're facing, no matter what they're dealing with, they can find a place of connection, support, and a place they can grow. That's my heart for this church, and I believe that's God's heart for this church. That, that we become the body of Christ. Because let me tell you guys, listen. Unless there is a mass revival in our nation, things aren't going to get better. The strain and the pressure that's going to be put on you as a believer may get worse. And you are going to need, let me back up, solo Christianity will not cut it. Will not. Will not. And it's not biblical. Because actually my job isn't just to be blessed. My job is to bless. So I got some ideas for us. <laughs> Woo, felt the nervousness right there. All right, uh, bad news. Okay. Um, let me give you some ideas. How can we support each other? It can go from the, listen, it can go from a really, um, uh, uh, a lot of energy to the very least thing you can do to bring encouragement and build each other up, support each other. Let me say this. This is what I was going to say earlier. Now don't you see why division is such an enemy? Division is such an enemy to the body of Christ because it's not functioning the way God intended it to function. <laughs> I have this thought. I'll just take your little thing and just break his arm off, but I won't do that. <laughs> I'm not part of this body. No, <laughs> I won't do that to your guy. You're welcome. She's like, I put a lot of word label on all those things. Number one, the first thing you can do is care about what happens to each other. I'm not asking you to, like, full-time job, go into everybody's lives and care about what happens. Just first, first step one is care about somebody else rather than just you. And obviously our family is our first place. But you and outside of this body of people, care what happens. People battle addictions. People battle, battle health issues in our church, loneliness, single moms. I was so grateful that we were able to go out yesterday and help a single mom in our church and mend a fence and clean up her yard. And, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but that, that comes with a thought. Somebody in our church had a thought. We need to do that. Appreciate that thought. 
support each other. How do we, and care, first of all, care about. Next one is really simply this. Speak words of grace. Is it, is it too hard to just encourage people as we come to church on a Sunday morning? Like I can come up to Alyssa and go, Alyssa, I appreciate you being a school teacher. I can't even imagine in, in our world and what's going on how it feels to be a school teacher. And um, what you deal with on a daily basis. No, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like on a daily, I actually wrote it down. Dealing with um, parents, teachers, parents that don't care, and you, you're the one that has to figure out how to make it all happen for them. Feeling the weight of responsibility. Thank you. And let me just say this. You're probably more of a light than you'll ever know. Totally. Totally. Of course. That's not a gifting. That's kindness. That's just being kind. You know what? I have somebody else. Mark Francis. I picked on you. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, I was thinking, actually, this is true. As I wrote this, this is actually right here. It says, Mark. Hey, Mark. I was thinking about you the other day. You know, the, those kids that you teach in football, I was just thinking about how you're teaching those boys, those young men, um, how to flow together as a unit. And you teach them how to, um, like it's a bigger deal than just winning a football game. You're teaching them how to flow together in life. And I was just thinking about how, what a great value that you're adding and your sacrifice that you do for those kids. I know you love football and you like watching people hit each other. But, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> you hit them too. That's amazing. Ooh, this is being recorded. <laughs> but I just want you to know that it, it, you're making a bigger difference. It's totally. Totally. Amen. Like, why can't that be the norm? Why can't that be the norm? Hey, I heard you're going through this situation, and and I, I don't and I don't really we don't really talk. I mean, this is random, right? I, we don't really talk that much, and and I see you kind of at church, and we we never really. I, I barely even know your name. Not barely even. I don't know your name, but I see you all the time. And they were telling me that you're going through this. I just want to let you know I'm just praying for you. I'm believing God for the best for you. Hey, or this other family. I know you're struggling. I know you're going through this stuff. But can I um uh, can can I buy you your lunch? Can I buy groceries for you? Each part supporting the other. That we grow. Or, or how about this? Well, that's kind of, hmm. no, we're not going to say that. But you, let me just say this. Some of us, um, I don't know, all of us that are older than 50, Offer yourself to a younger generation. Offer yourself for wisdom. And not in wisdom and love. Not, let me tell you what you should be. No, that's not, that's not it, right? Be fr- and you know how you do that? Befriend somebody who's younger than you. You know what the great thing about our church? Multi-generational church. We don't have a lot of people in our church. We have a multi Our generations are a span, right? One of the greatest things I learned as a young, a, young, a young man is to learn how to relate to older people. Church, we, we can do a better job. 
of that, relating to the older and older to the younger. Amen? The next thing is, so we, we speak words of grace. This is where it kind of gets the, the hard part. Is being initiated. You be initiated. You be initiated. Initiate conversations with people. I mean, it's, it comes down to simple interpersonal talking with people. Do you realize that we could actually flip this room, put the stage over here, and have more sanctuary space? That room to me is so important. <laughs> Mark's like, no, we're not. I ain't doing it. <laughs> it's all on you this time, David. Brian will help us. <laughs> Got him. Um, do, you know, do you know this room in here? This is, to me, this room's important. That's the most important room in this building. Because it's where relationships grow. People meet each other. Let me challenge you. Meet one another. Get to know people's names. It's okay. How many of y'all give permission to somebody walk up to you I don't care how long they've been coming to church. Let's just break it all right here, and they ask you what your name is. How many of y'all are okay with that? Are you okay? There you go. How many of y'all are going to get offended if somebody asks you what your name is? Rachel is. Sorry. (laughs) Don't ask Rachel. Her name is Rachel. (laughs) I know. Ask them. Talk to them. Oh, here here you go. Next one. How about this? Take somebody to lunch after church. Oh, next step, take somebody to your house after church, to your home. Invite people into your home. Or if you're even feeling really frisky, ask Jessica, hey, I'd like to start a small group, especially in the Canton area. There's all kind of ways that we can, what we can do, what we can do to build each other up. This is not a solo venture. We're called to help one another, build one another up. You want to know, you, you know why you come to church? Back up. You know why we should come to church? It's for others. Yeah, we're going to worship God. It's going to be great. You never know. The whole stage might be packed full of musicians that Sunday. (laughs) Never know. You come for the fellowship of the brothers and sisters. Even if I don't talk to, like, Paul back there in the back. Even if I don't speak, you know what? I saw his face. Paul's always got that smile on his face. I can see, I see that he's here. I go, oh, yeah, great. Yep, not everybody's like the knucklehead that I had to deal with this week. Some people are like Paul, who are kind and nice and love Jesus. And also, you know, I mean, and then there's all these other people. I know they're not perfect. Good, because neither am I. Amen? Let's all stand together. Oh, how big of a pain would it be to have all the worship team come back up here? Is that possible? Can you do it? Yeah, just, let's just do it. Oh, yes. Pastor Appreciation. Get up here. Oh, no, do the first one. Yeah, yeah.
I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to end on a shout this morning. Can we do that? Let's, um, as we do this, we're going to talk more about it next week, but we're not called to do this alone. And can we make a new commitment, not to a church, yes, to this church, but to each other? That I know I'm going through my own stuff, but I'm going to step outside of even my own hurt and help somebody else and speak life to somebody else. Amen. Aren't you so glad for Jesus? Can we walk out of here? I just want to, we're going to do Glorious Day one more time. And I just want, <laughs> Julie's excited. And um, can we just celebrate this morning the goodness of God and how amazing God is? And that, that listen, you may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. Can we celebrate that this morning? Amen. Go ahead, Ben.